Hello, 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 and welcome to the very last Ashland podcast. This is Lisa. Hello. This is Andre and Ian. <laughs> hello. Do we want to cry about it, or are we going to be good about it? We're going to, you know, we could have Irish ditched and just not come back. But I mean, we, I think we, we processed it. We accepted it. There was a little bit of denial. On my part. And a little bit of second guessing. On my but part. But then, you know, we were like, yeah, this is this this feels good. This feels good. I did all the denying and I did all the second guessing. <laughs> they were both fine. I think if it, if, it, if it was any other year than 2020, there would have been a lot more vacillating. I think so. But because it was yeah. 2020, it was like, boom. 2020 wore us all out and we made a lot of decisions, I think. I mean, there's no waffling at this point. We have all this time on our hands. And I started feeling like it needed to go. And then I started talking myself out of it. And then you guys were like, no, you talked us into killing this. We're done. (laughs) And we're not leaving because we hate doing this. We're not leaving. We love spending time to each other. I mean, hell, I got to spend time with Ian. Um, (laughs) But no, like. We're quarantined together. We're quarantined together (laughs) indefinitely until 2023. But I I think the reasons for me were, we've talked about this a little bit leading up to this, Mm -hmm. is that, you know, it was just time. When you feel like something has run its course and you've had a good time doing it. And I feel like we're all kind of stuck in the lockdown. And do you really need a show that's going to tell you what to watch? I think you're all kind of figuring it out on your own. This is for busy, busy people at one point. You like had to figure out, what should I do with my time? You know, uh, and I feel like I also have such weird taste. Who am I to like tell people what to watch? I don't watch networky things. So like somebody the other day was trying to like talk up to me about the Big Bang Theory. And I'm like, I've never seen it. And it was like, What? <laughs> I've never seen New Girl. You don't have to see it. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen New Girl. I don't, I wasn't a friend, I wasn't, didn't really like Friends. I know. I liked Seinfeld okay, but, you know. So, I don't like, I mean, like, whatever the network shows are now, I couldn't, I couldn't be fucking bothered. So, what am I, you know, what am I going to talk about? Well, we've talked about a lot of stuff on this show, and one of the things we're going to do here on the 31st day, um, of December in 2021, in the worst year uh, that any of us can remember, is talk about the where we were, where we came from with Ashlyn Podcasting. And I started in 2017. We did it as a way of like, let's just talk about the stuff we watch. And about what a year or so into it, Andre came to us and joined. And mm-hmm. what I've been enjoying over the years is something that you said, Andre, is like hearing us become friends uh with mm-hmm. you so that's one of the, the best thing i got out of this was we that we got out of this is our friendship with you i made friends uh with angie i got to know her through the podcast and then our friend erica oh so, really yeah that's, yeah all of those people angie found us through the podcast mr robot mm-hmm. type of a thing yeah wow hi angie and uh, because of a lot of the little things that happened off of our robot interest, you know, I made a bunch of friends on Reddit, I reconnected with some friends politically who work on the Hill. So it's been a strange connection of things that Ashlyn has brought to my life. And it's going to be weird without it, but I do think it's time. How are you yeah. guys feeling? I mean, like, just thinking about the last two years and the breadth of topics that we have talked about yeah. and the various mini incarnations of this show, it's been a wild ride, honestly. But um, I don't know. It's I definitely think you can, like, hear our, like, friendship, like, 
come together with every single episode. Um, and I think, I don't know, I think that's something really special. Because, I mean, like, like, normally when you listen to a podcast, these are people who are, like, already friends who decided to do a podcast. Right. But I was coming in as kind of, like, some random guy that DM'd you on Twitter and was like, hey... I would love to come on and talk to you guys about something because you guys are really cool and I wanted to like, you know, just talk talk stuff. And then that slowly transitioned into me becoming a permanent host. And it's been great. It's been it's been so fun. And I'm I'm very excited to see what we uh what we do next, what the next incarnation of this is. And we will do something. I think that's on the horizon. I think there's something it'll probably come back in the form of it's me and Andre, because Ian has made it known. He's like, I'm an engineer guy. I'm just a sound guy. I don't really wanna It is known. I don't wanna host. I'm not an in front of the camera guy. He's firmly planted his flag and I love that. You know, you get to know who you are and what you wanna do and what you don't wanna do. Yeah. And you and I are like, let's face it, we're attention whores and we like to talk about shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. I think I think we kind of just reached a point where I think a lot of it does have to do with what has happened this year. But I think we are I'm sort of taking this as a sign that like we're ready to do something else. Like I think we there's something I'm not going to say better, but something different and new and exciting that we could explore in another podcast. And I mean, like, we're not, I mean, like, we're not really uh, killing it per se. Like, we're going to leave episodes up. We're, you know, and we might come back for like a reunion special or something. Um, <laughs> Could be the share farewell tour. Like a, t- a 10 year reunion. Yeah. Um, and we'll still be in this pandemic. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think we'll, it's, it's we'll really still, exciting. we'll still be in the process of vaccinating <laughs> Americans in 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be with us for 10 years. We'll be getting those boosters forever. But yeah, I mean, and again, I don't like, I'm one of those people who doesn't like to to draw f- uh, finite lines in the sand. I don't believe that it's why put yourself in that kind of pressure cooker. So what we say the last episode of uh, Ashlyn, if there's any fucking reason to come back around, uh, it's easy enough to hop back on the mics and and talk about stuff. But just know that I mean you you've gotten used to us not being around for the past month or so. Um, that's going to be kind of the way it goes. I mean every once in a while we'll we're, we'll uh, pop back in to say hi but yeah i like the idea that we're kind of letting other things bubble up i think we're also just exhausted all of us across the fucking world and yeah i'm just kicking it right now and just kind of letting my mind kind of go wherever i know that gearing into 2021 i normally never do new year's resolutions but this year i've embraced a lot of shit I le- well, fuck Thanksgiving. I think that's a dumb holiday. It's racist. Uh, but Christmas, I leaned completely into. Loved it. Embraced it. We did it up. It was fun. And I'm going to embrace New Year's. I want to try to stay awake uh, until midnight. I'm trying to do New Year's Eve in, on the West Coast is a pain in the ass because everybody's <laughs> said Happy New Year for like hours and then it's your right. turn. And you're like, fuck this. I go to bed usually at 930 usually celebrate it with the East Coast, go, oh, Happy New Year, and then go to bed. Because uh, nobody over here gives a shit. I feel like you get woken up at midnight by all the people setting off all the fireworks in your neighborhood. <laughs> but uh, I wonder if there's going to be like crazy fireworks this year. How do you year? know these motherfuckers going to do that? People down in Venice are going to go crazy. Yeah, I'm sure there They're are. just going to set them off because everyone's, well, everyone's home anyway. But. Yeah. All the all the holidays have been turned up to at 11. Like, I think really, I think you're not the only one that leaned into Christmas. I think a lot of people did. Like, I saw a lot more, like, Christmas decorations outside than there usually are around here. Like, I think people, like, really, really leaned into it. 
Yeah, I think that they did here. I noticed a little bit more of the Christmas decorations, I think, on our block than normal. Yeah. I could I could be mistaken. I don't know. Yeah, Halloween was a little bit turned up. Christmas was a little bit turned up. I can just feel it. Or maybe you're noticing it because you're locked in your, you know, biosphere. Like 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 us and our neighbors, we put up our Christmas tree before even Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, yeah. Unusual for me. Usually I'm a December 5th. Uh, it goes up December 26th, the shit comes down. So, yeah. But I did pull the Christmas tree down on Christmas Day. We did pull it down. Yeah, I did. I took yeah. uh, the length to watch Die Hard to take it down. That's how long I know it takes to take the Christmas tree down. Just watch Die Hard yeah. and be done. I think, I think people were t- just either looking for something to do or trying to scrap any morsel of joy out of this year. Uh, maybe both, but. I I was so excited. I mean, I usually love Christmas, but this year, as soon as like the day after Thanksgiving passed, I was like, "All right, for the next month, I am going to be insufferable." And I was I was I was Christmas shopping even before Thanksgiving because I I I predicted that the UPS system was gonna be really backed up, and it was. And I was like, "I got to get my shit in now." Yeah. Or else it's not going to come in on time. And I still had things that didn't come in until a couple of days after Christmas, which, you know, fine. Um, I feel like we all had a couple of Christmases, especially like if, you, if you're, you know, some I've seen some families have driveway Christmases because some family members are quarantined or like they don't want to get together, which, you know, it's definitely a was a definitely interesting Christmas. But um, yeah, I was I was popping off. I was I, I at a certain point I was like. I don't have any money left. I need to stop <laughs> Christmas shopping. Because at, at the beginning, I was like, all right, I'm going to get everyone one really good gift. Yeah. Everyone wow. averaged around like five or six gifts by Christmas. Everyone that, that I got is so, so far. Wow. Uh, that is very adult. Yeah. I, I don't do that anymore for various reasons. I mean, we're, we're two fucking freelancers. End of story. Pandemic <laughs> or no... You know, and then we kind of live in a way where, you know, there's always there's always been sort of like been some sort of Mitch McConnell standing in the way between us and our money over the years. (laughs) So when he came along, it's like, yeah, we know this drill. Like we know how to live with nothing. I mean, it gets a little scary. It gets a little we both get a little tense. Oh, Um, man, it was like real tense. And then you got this motherfucker holding shit up and all the crap yeah. that Trump's been pulling on the way out. You know, he's just going to make sure he's a reality producer all the way out the door. Um, and will he ever leave? Will he really ever leave? It's like herpes. It's like it just never really <laughs> goes away. Uh, but I, I feel like with us this year, we decided to do Christmas gifts. A lot of times we don't. We just don't. Our gift to each other is just to chill out and to, to kind of kick it and sort of ignore the holidays in a way but this year we well if we, we have got little gifts and we made sure yeah. we kind of made it a thing if we have if we have like extra like spending money at the end of the year we'll usually we'll do something but we'll do something like we'll get something for the house or we'll buy a new yeah, mic or it's, something it's like a shared or a nice tv yeah right like didn't one year <laughs> we go like playstate new playstations or something like that yeah we did something like we'll do something like that yeah. and this year i mean I got a power scrubber, a carpet cleaner. I can't tell you how happy I still am about that. It's the <laughs> gift that keeps on giving. I love shit like that. I love to clean things. And I'm hard to shop for, so Ian can tell you. Like, I'll tell you literally what I want. I wanted no. two black Santas, which I got from my cousin. I got my beanie, uh, which came just in time because I'd shaved my head again. And um, 
And I got a power scrubber, you know, for the car- carpets because the carpets have never been cleaned. <laughs> and there's like ghosts and shit living in the carpets. Yeah. So cleaning the carpets was like the most satisfying thing. When you're trapped in your house, I'm sure everybody else is doing that. Cleaning, throwing things out, redecorating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're all doing it. And so I'm noticing just how moldy everything is and has to be clean. And, you know, I'll, I'm glad for it. We did some crazy projects because I was showing Ian my phone and we were just going through the year in pictures. And he was like, what? That happened? That happened then? Yeah, the backyard debacle, I remember. The whole like backyard. The whole upper area. The yeah. whole upper area of the backyard. <laughs> you lived it. I just, yeah, you were here when it was all shitty, right? Yeah. I don't remember. I really don't remember. I, I vaguely remember sitting on that stool and just picking square foot by square foot. It's all a blur. Weed. After those, like, what, 80 bags of mulch or something? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> He made a dog park. But I'm like looking at it going, but he's looking at the before pictures going, our backyard was terrible. I'm like, right? And I was like, I am not going to sit here indefinitely in this fucking pandemic and look at this (laughs) raggedy ass backyard. It was fucking horrendous. It was horrendous. It was embarrassing. It was like the Clampets shit. Yeah. I feel like it was in Alabama again. So... You know, once once these checks start hitting, I bet you a lot of people are going to start doing more yard work and stuff. Yeah, like business is booming at Home Depot and Lowe's and all these kinds of uh, places because people who have a little bit of like the people who have the leisure to have that little bit of money, they're going to like spruce their shit up. I need to buy some sod. I'm going to put some sod down. Some you new doing sod. Your sod project. Yeah. And there, you heard it here first, guys. And then Andre will have to live through that again. Now, Ian's got another, I mean, Andre's got another podcast and another whole other family now. So he's, he's going to forget about us as soon as we sign off of this show. <laughs> no, that's not true. Uh, no, I would, speaking of kind of the UPS thing, I saw it coming too. And I got in right before Thanksgiving and ordered all the little things I was going to get for Ian. And then I crimped it off. And if anybody else knows, if you're, if you're friends with me or my family, you know I'm not going to get you shit. I'll hug you. When I can hug you in 2023, um, if it's really something where I'm flush, you'll get some money. You'll get like some iTunes credits, but I'm just not a big gift giver for, I'm not trying to be a dick. I just, I got to, you know, save my coin, you know. So it sounds like I'm kind of an asshole thing, but I'm (laughs) making things for people and Mm -hmm. I can't be pushed. So you'll get one of my things when it's done. Um... And then I had like something that was given to us that I want to re-gift to you because okay. you will pee yourself. So, um, <laughs> but I'm like, okay, it's too late. It was like I got this, what, two weeks before Christmas and Ian was going to line up to send it. And it was like, the line was down the block. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to get yeah. COVID sending yeah. shit to people. So you'll get it when you get it. <laughs> yeah no it's a it's a mess and when the line calms down you'll get it so we'll just sort of drive by to go oh, just a line outside the ups store <laughs> but yeah no i i have enjoyed talking about the things we've talked about i want to say like my my favorite times on this podcast are probably when we were talking about nothing in particular when we would come on here and had a goal of talking about A, but ended up talking about everything else. And I know a yeah. lot of podcasts are like that. You have to sort of know the people. But I hope that we created an atmosphere where people are, were invited into the conversation. Um, mm-hmm. 
And that's what I always, one of the goals of this is just to spend time with people in their ear. They're taking a walk or taking a bath or doing some chore or taking a break from work. Or if they're at work, just trying to think about something else. You want to contribute that um, to that. And kind of ironically, this is probably the best time to do a podcast. But like I said, I feel like Ashlyn in its incarnation has run its course. But I just was listening to um, little pieces of our early podcasts, especially when we were like really into Game of Thrones. And I'm like, even people who are into Game of Thrones might have been listening to this going, you guys need to calm down. Um, same thing oh, with yeah. Mr. Mr. Robot, like just being so intense about those two shows and people being like, Ugh. it feels it feels weird, like because I don't feel like I've been that intensive about a show for a long time. And I think it's because this year's just worn me down. <laughs> right? I mean, like the closest recently has been The Mandalorian, but I've I, I haven't been nearly as into that as i was with game of thrones and mr robot but you know i also love those recap episodes like i think the first uh recap episode for season eight episode one of game of thrones i think is like probably one of our best episodes because it's funny yeah it's it's insanely analytical (laughs) and ian like predicts like a lot of what happens at the end yeah you're kind of shook by it yeah like wow. it's it's i don't know it's really funny he was and then calling it i'm like he's like how does he fucking know like when I you know. listen to it at the time like if you listen to it now you don't really get it but like at the yeah. time i was like he called that he called it many times wow. so yeah he did he did and we were also in the throes of Endgame because that was coming out at the yes. same time yes. and that's also one of my favorite podcasts because we also had harley on that uh on for that that's right um yeah, it's it's wild. It's wild thinking about. But you know, the first tea time, the garbage truck serial killer, that is <laughs> <laughs> probably our number one episode. It is so funny to me. That one and the the one where I talk about Arya at the prison camp with the with rat the, buckets. With the rat buckets. <laughs> <laughs> like I love how you kind of wandered into this fandom of Game of Thrones, like reluctantly. We were into it and you're like, I don't know if I wanna do it and then you kinda of get pushed into it and you're like I was like, what's happening? What's happening? And what room is this? And we're like, well, listen, just tell you, like, we're all like laying all like the sigils and the ancestry.com on you of like Game of Thrones. And you're like, listen, I'm just trying to figure and out then, who this little girl is in this like rat exactly. castle. <laughs> and then by, by, the, by like season six, I'm like giving like full uh, essays about how the music is like telling you what's happening and stuff like that. I was really into it. And there's, you know, there's a gap in February that we won't talk about. Um, but... <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I'd, I, I'm hoping to, uh, to finally maybe re-engage with some more content in the next year. But I'm just I'm ready to to let all all, all everything about the, well not everything but most of the stuff about this year go because I'm just kind of like I'm over it. It's been weighing me down, and hopefully we're starting to turn a corner. One of my friends just got vaccinated a couple days ago because oh, wow. she's a healthcare worker. Oh great! Um, so that was really exciting. But uh. Yeah, did you guys do, there was a New York Times thing where you could like punch in some of your information and it would tell you where you would be in the line to get the vaccine. Oh, no, I haven't done that. I need to, I need that. Yeah, I was close to the end of the line because I'm like younger and I don't have any like health risks. But um, yeah, it's really interesting. I would check it out. Okay, there you go. Interesting. Is it the New York Times? You have to go and like plug it in. Okay. I think just, yeah, New York Times and then COVID line. I think you should, you should gotcha. or vaccine line. Well, here in L.A. County where things on fire, it's probably going to be like, 
you will be vaccinated in 2026. Good luck, bitch. <laughs> That's yeah. what I feel like is going to happen here. It's like, it's just, you would think that one of the largest cities in the world would have their shit together. And now everybody's starting to see just what Los Angeles is made of. We're just a pile of clothes wearing a roughly tossed hat. That's what we are. We're just like, what's happening? Also, um, is it me or are you guys getting like really tired of seeing the videos of the politicians getting the vaccine? Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a slap in the face. Like, here's a bunch of people that did nothing to help you. Yeah. Getting the one thing that could get us back to normal and you won't yeah. get it for another couple of months. There you go. Even like when well, like Kamala it's... got it yesterday, I was just like, okay, great. I know they're getting it. I don't yeah. need to see it. Well, you I know? had a list like Aria of people that I wanted to see and <clears throat> I won't finish that sentence. So now I guess that some of those people are off the table. Fine. Well, there's, there's people well, the... like, like Marco Rubio who goes out and, and shits talks the vaccine and yep. is the first in line. I'm, I, I don't like that, but I want to mm. see people, I want to see people getting the vaccine because then it's going to, Maybe so, Bubba will get it. Well, people are going to be like, oh, this person got it. Then I should get it, which is just stupid. Yeah. Because well, you should even, get it. You because know, the anti-vaxxers are going to be like, how do we know that's the vaccine? It could be just sugar water. Like, it's, yeah. they'll, they'll find any way yeah. to delegitimize it. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I don't think it's helping the way they think it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like those people, they'll, I guess they'll never change their mind. We'll never change their mind. The truth about government is that they, it's a theater thing. They get up there, they say all this bullshit, and then they're all homies. Um, and then they, they know they're going to get it first. They'll sit here and talk yeah. about rail against abortion. And when their girlfriend gets pregnant, they yep. don't get an abortion. So that's how that shit works. It's a, fu- it's a game to these fuckers. And they're just it a is bunch a game to of these fuckers. fuckers. That's what they are. They're fuckers. I think going back to like all of that, going into the filter of watching things, I think post George Floyd for a lot of people, um, I think post just getting to see that our institutions ain't shit. And this is what crappy leadership looks like. This is what failed 380,000 deaths in the United States is clearly hung on the Trump administration for this is what failed leadership looks like. A national mandate in March or earlier because they knew about this at the end uh, and mid-2019 in our Congress, both sides of the aisle. If there had just been a national response as soon as we knew this was coming and with fines imposed and whatever – and not, you know, and then rehiring the 2018 uh, guys that you fired, Trump would have been reelected easily. I mean, I yeah. could solve this for anybody who's playing, you know, bingo at home, but that's not what happened. This is who yeah. Trump is. He's a megalomaniac. He's not a Republican. He's not a Christian. He's not an honorable person. He doesn't give a fuck about y'all. This was to re-energize his brand. And this is what we got a firsthand history lesson of what this kind of looks like. So it's hard to watch a lot of content. I'm sitting down like, I don't want to watch um, the alternate universe shows about if the Nazis had won the war, you know, on HBO. Right. I don't want to watch whatever the fuck that show that is because I'm living it. So I think we also, all... Also, is it just me or the the medical TV shows doing like COVID episodes? Yeah. Does it feel... It feels gross to me. Like, I don't want to see an actor like on a pretend ventilator like fighting for their life like it feels very weird is that what they're doing especially now wow like maybe in a couple of years 
you know, because they've done episodes on like Ebola or like whatever, but that not when it was happening. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like it's not it doesn't slap the same as like maybe watching the resistance in Italy during the actual war (laughs) when they're making the and you're like, mother, they made this. These people was actually the resistance and they're in this movie about the resistance and people watching that in the theater when they were doing shit around like that kind of meta shit was like damn these resistance motherfuckers were baller in like italy and france and holland it's not the same yeah i don't want to see again the fake ventilator the even when i see that i'm like what are we doing and again just i already was kind of smartened up to where we were a lot of us are intelligent enough to know the way shit works but i would kind of ignore it or suspend my disbelief in the past and now i can't do it we, yeah. this, how many times yeah. have we sat down, started something 20 minutes into it, and go, nope, bounce? Especially, yeah, this year, I, I had a hard time watching anything the majority of the year. Yeah. Except for news. And then the month up to the election, we had to pull off of that for oh, Jesus a Christ. while. It was rotting our brains. But, like, now, I mean, I could sit through something. It, it, it has to be good. <laughs> Well, like we just we railed through Bridgerton. It was interesting. I know a lot of people say it was problematic. I get what they were saying, all that kind of stuff. But um, I've been watching a lot of uh, great British baking show and dragging Ian into it. He's ended up getting into it. He likes it. We're gonna watch Dairy Girls. I watched the Queen uh, the Queen's Gambit last month, and I thought it was amazing. It's amazing. I think the Queen's Gambit. If we were still doing like a recommendation or like an episode, we would have done an episode on the Queen's Gambit. It is really good. It's just. It's hard to describe that it's not hinged on anything. You've, it feels like a real story, and it's not very engaging. Yeah, I Lo- thought it was real. And then Google was yeah. like, no, she wasn't a real person. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so really well done. And then Mandalorian's been – it's been a treat. Mandalorian was really good. I didn't really like it season one. I didn't know what I was watching. And now it's like different yeah. flavor, different attitude, and I just enjoy it. We've been watching yeah. a lot of stuff though. Like we've been, we just finished the flight attendant on that HBO Max. Too. Really good. Highly recommend that. But it was all the way up to like what, almost November, beginning yeah. November, that, that I was able to just sit and watch a series or watch. Yeah, he something. just didn't have the the taste for it. I mean, we were living through one of the most painful election cycles ever. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, like. I think I've said it on the show already, but I think this pandemic was like the final nail in the coffin for a lot of people when it came to voting for Trump. Yeah. Like, I think it would have been either a lot closer or he might have actually won if the pandemic didn't happen this year. Yeah. And I'm not saying either one way about it, but I think that was a lot of people's main reason. Like, it was, I think we said it even back in like April where it was like, this thing is like showing just how bad our country is with like just basic like infrastructure for a crisis like this right and i think it kind of woke a lot of people up and unfortunately it takes something like a pandemic that indiscriminately affects people and their lives to you know make people invest in what's happening in current events and and stay involved and going to vote i mean we saw the the largest record turnout for voting and we still have the the georgia runoff in a couple of days yeah. that is also i think it's They're already past records, records yeah. for that yeah. yeah so yeah it's been a lot not to mention the fucking 600 hundred dollar bullshit that's been happening the past couple of days um where they basically just gave us like a, a chuck e cheese gift card and hope for the best um 
Not understanding yeah. that you can't be the 1% without a world. Like if everybody just goes away, do you guys just, what? Do you think someone's going to polish those jet skis? Are you going to polish your jet skis? Are you going to refill your champagne? If all of your yeah. wait staff and your medical um, staff is dead, 2,900 um, nurses, medical staff, people who work on the front lines died this year. 2,900 people who are no longer here to put you on a ventilator to care for you, to do those things for you. 2,900 people. That doesn't seem like a lot. It seems like a drop in the bucket of the 380,000 people. You know, whole families decimated by this. People who survived the illness but who have crippling side effects. Some people got it and completely recovered from it. It's Russian roulette, and then still yet people are out here going, I don't know, man, I'm going to take my chances. And what you're doing is you're leaning on those abilities of people who do give a fuck and who are exhausted and you haven't seen their families. So you're just a selfish cunt when yeah. I see you not wearing the mask. And fuck the six feet, 20 motherfucking 25 fucking feet. It's airborne, <laughs> yeah. bitch. So the good news is you don't have to wipe down your groceries. There's an article that came out uh, NPR about how once it lands on surfaces, it's pretty much dead. doesn't mean you should not be go back to your nasty way. Still wipe your shit down. But we yeah. now know that hell is other people. Stay the fuck away from your fellow man for now until you get the vaccination. And, and it depends on which one you get. Still wear your mask after you get the, the vaccination. It's just information has gotten so tenuous that mm-hmm. no one trusts it. If it weren't for us, I don't think my in-laws would be getting information at all that's useful to them. We're their lifeline for telling them you know, where to get their vaccine, what phase they're in. And all that kind of stuff. But I digress. I'm rambling. Yeah. I mean, the, the past, uh, not even the past four years, but it's just been, we're living in an age of, of misinformation. And I've had so many conversations with people, um, mostly older, about how they don't trust the vaccine. They don't um, trust what's in it. And they don't they don't see any reason to, to go and take it. But these are also the people that claim that they're not interested in politics they don't keep up with the news so you kind of have to wonder like where are they getting their information if they're supposedly not active with that kind of stuff so a lot of it is as simple as like i've seen a lot of people's main concern is like why did how did we do this so quickly how did how did we fast track this vaccine in in less than a year and as soon as people realize that one, we've already been studying SARS-CoV vaccines for quite a while now, because that's years. what the cold is. It's a bunch of different viruses, yeah, yeah. which is also coronavirus. So we already had a foundation to go off of. We weren't starting from scratch, and also funding was not an obstacle with this. So the process was was it worked as as it should, even better than the usual vaccine. And as when people find that out, they're a lot more easy about it. And some will be like, okay, now I feel a little better about actually getting it. So it's as simple as a Google search. Why did this take this quickly? You know, but people, uh, so- they're, not, they're not training. They're not trusting information. And they do like, so that's what we do with our in-laws. As I said, look, the vaccine has, this vaccine has been in development on a track for 17 years, nearly 20 years. Yeah. They didn't just cook it up overnight. Um, it's not, you know, she's, my, my mother-in-law sent me an article from Vanity Fair about a Merck plant in Durham that was, had feces and urine spread everywhere because people couldn't get out of their hazmat suits fast enough to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, Merck plant, not making, Pfizer is in Belgium. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so 
just to walk people through the the misinformation and disinformation and laziness. Yeah. It's laziness. Again, I'm a person who's raised by wolves. I didn't finish college. I am not a fucking smarty pants. And I'm sitting over here using my common fucking sense. Just use your common sense, you know. Um, If you hear something, look it up on the internet and find three sources, four sources that that back up that thing that you've heard. And if you don't find it in that form, then it's probably bullshit. Or talk, you know, make some smart friends. Yeah. Like, it's like where you get your news. It's like, well, my source believes that one plus one equals two. Okay, that's empirical evidence data right there. Right. This other source believes in virgin birth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I would say you probably shouldn't be getting your news source from one place either. Yeah, exactly. Like, it should be multiple places. Exactly. I mean, like, we watch a lot of MSNBC because it's a more palatable of the all of the networks. But at the same time... They're dramatical, too. Very dramatical. We know that it's uh, they shape the message of the yeah. left. There's yep. a lot of just righteous indignation. Like, Trump gets up in the morning and everybody on the left, you know, go, oh, my God, he stared at us. And a lot some of the stuff the president does, I'm like... I don't know. He can't drink a glass of water. I don't give a fuck. He can't walk downstairs. Did you see Gerald Ford? Bitch was pretty much a stunt guy. He fell downstairs. Like, I don't, there's a lot of shit that I don't give a fuck about. So, well, that's also the kind of shit the right does too. Exactly. Like, they they take these innocuous things and make them, like, they make fun of them. And, like, when, even when, um, when the people call like um, like Trump supporters like maggots or trumpets or something like that, they do the same thing to us. Why yeah. are you stooping to their level? Like we should right. be ignoring that kind of tactic because it's not. No one's going to take you seriously. Is you that know? the uh, is that the they go low, we go high type of thing? I guess I don't know. I don't even listen to that. But we rhetoric. can also go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I go sideways. I don't know. Sometimes I'm in the ditch. Sometimes I'm diagonal. Between, yeah, exactly. I'm zigzagging, <laughs> which is what Rickon should have done. Serpentine. Serpentine, bitch. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> hearkening back to one of my favorite episodes. I, you know, it's, it's an interesting time that we're in. And, you know, Ashland was a great place to come here and talk about those kinds of things. But I feel like people are even worn out by those conversations if it's just hitting you on a regular basis. You know, we, I think we're all kind of trying to, f- we're still in the middle of figuring out who we are and where we are and, how we're going to get through this. And, and the end is not in sight uh, for a lot of people. Yeah. And yeah. we drive around our little town and it's a ghost town. And that's scary. Well, yeah. You know, well, not, not yeah. to mention because I've, the industry that either we work for or want to work for is currently in shambles. Yeah. You know, we can't put out movies anymore. You know, like it's, it's really hard to have a safe set in the age of COVID. You know? It's very expensive. It's very expensive. I think that's what it is now is you have two things kind of tearing at the industry right now. You have the COVID thing, and then you've got the diversity uh, pledge that Ava DuVernay and a lot of people are trying to say, listen, when we do get back to work, let's make sure that we have diversity on our sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I live for those days because, my God, do you know how much better your content's going to get? Listen, we've been telling the same five white people stories forever since the advent of TV. You know what I mean? You pretty much know how it's going to turn out. If we let people of color 
run shit and tell stories, you're going to have your mind blown at how good the content is. You think Money Heist is good? Imagine 20 Money Heists a week. <laughs> It'll be amazing. Yeah. Um, Asian people do good, cool shit. Indigenous people, cool shit. Queer yeah. people. It's a total different life experience. Imagine five power queers like Ryan Murphy just shitting out content all the time. That's amazing. You'll love it. And then if you get really overwhelmed, you can go watch A Dog's Life and feel good about yourself. Be fine. <laughs> a Dog's Journey, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that the... The next step I would love to see, I feel like the past like five or 10 years or something, the conversation has been about diversity. And I think we have made some strides, sure, but we can definitely go a long way. And I think we need to be more inclusive in what uh, diversity actually means. Like it's much more than just having a gay white man in a movie. Like it's, I think the next step is making sets accessible for disabled actors because I've seen a lot of things recently about, I don't know if you've heard about the CMS, but she's doing this movie where about an autistic girl and they auditioned and originally cast, I don't know if they originally cast it, but they auditioned this autistic girl and they couldn't, they realized that the set environment would not be conducive to her disability. And instead of taking strides to make sure that set is compliant, they just cast someone else who isn't autistic. Yeah. And it's like those kinds of things like I want to see. And she's triple it too. See is actually just, she just keeps burying herself. And I'm like, you are like the most yeah. powerful songwriter in the fucking world. And you're tanking yourself over this. You can do it. You can do it. It takes a little enough, bit of effort, a little bit of money. money. Like redo it, like tank it, like wow. go do something. But she's just, it's called musical. And she's using the girl that she's used in her music videos before. Who's Maddie a love, Ziegler. Yeah, yeah. She, who's amazing. Like, um, but this was just so avoidable. So you're falling yeah. on your own sword repeatedly. And again, Ellen seems to have gotten away with being a fucking, you know, asshole. Uh, and maybe Sia will get away with this. But I don't know. I think a lot of these people who are running shit under the old banner, they're retiring, guys. Uh, yeah. The millennials are running shit. And they're going yep. to hire Gen Z to be on their staff. And so shit's going to come. And you can either embrace it and be a part of it or get run over. It, at the very least, just get out of the way. You're going to get hit. Yeah. I think. And, you know, we've had such, uh, like, endless conversations this year and past years about call-out culture and cancel culture. But the one thing that I've noticed is that the one of the best ways we stop this pattern is to call it out and not let people get away with it and yeah. not let it be socially acceptable. Yeah. You know, I think that's one of the ways we can go forward with this. But I want to see sets be more accessible to disabled people, to deaf actors, to blind actors. Like, it's their disability should not be, like, um like an obstacle you have to overcome right? right you can if we can make like public buildings accessible to people in wheelchairs or something we can do the same thing with sets well because those the, people have the, not been able to tell their stories and, and the way that start. came about the way that fucking came about and the way we change anything is by protest so yeah. the ama laws came out of people in wheelchairs getting fucking gnarly and storming the castle if you will well, they couldn't get into the castle. They just sort of sat outside the moat because there was no ramp. And they just yelled at motherfuckers and just shamed them into changing the laws. So you don't get the, the ADA laws. You don't get those kinds of things without protest. So those of us who are able-bodied have to, you know, help our brothers and sisters and other 
um, non-binary, uh, get into the building and get their voices heard and carry those voices. I totally agree with that. There's, and people roll their eyes and go, it's PC. That's just, that's just lazy. That just means that you're not evolved. Evolve. It's okay. It's not too late. You cannot, you can, you can not be a douchebag this year. There's it's a just a matter of respecting other people. Yeah. Like, Fucking is. You need to get on this train or we're going to leave you. Like, again, don't don't let it be socially acceptable. acceptable. Call it out when you hear it. And I've been doing that this whole year. Jesus Christ. I have a question for you guys, though. Were we right or wrong about Johnny Depp? So we had a podcast. We were like, (laughs) what the fuck, Johnny? And then we came back and we're like, we're so sorry, Johnny. We read all this other stuff. Like within the same podcast, I'm reading about how he was accused of punching somebody on a set after he's been accused of hitting Amber. And now we don't know. So I think what's happening <laughs> from from an entertainment standpoint, I think it's it's too late for him. Yeah. Like, I think he has too much of of that baggage around that drama, whether or not he did it. I don't think people care anymore. I mean, in terms of like like people that cast him and like he got recast in the Fantastic Beast movies or whatever. And I don't see him being cast in anything else anytime soon. But I I honestly don't know. It's obvious that both sides have done things that are not great, but it's like, it's a matter of like, I don't even know. It's really confusing. We went, we went a lot of back and forth, even back in 2019, because this thing is still ongoing. Like they're not, they're not really making a lot of headway, but I mean, I feel a little, I used to be like, I can't watch him in anything. And like, now that it's like a little more murky, he's like a little more bearable, but I don't know. I don't really know. I have to, I mean, I'm gonna, don't sue me, Johnny. I feel like Johnny needs some, he needs to dry out. Uh, I feel like he's leaned into the persona of his uh, old pal, Hunter, whom I used to adore. But he knows how Hunter, well, love this world. He knows how Hunter uh, lived. Johnny spent time with him watching him kind of fall apart at the end. So it's, I'd like to see Johnny dry out, um, take a step back, sort out his finances and, and try to find his inner guy. And yeah. Amber, I don't know. I don't know her. I don't know this chick, but I have a hard time watching her. We started watching The Stand on CBS, uh, that exclusive access bullshit. And um, I was cool until I saw Amber Heard in it. And I'm like, ah, see, so when you if you live your life in a way where I know that you shat and pissed all over your ex-husband's house, I just, I got to watch this now. So it's distracting. Yeah. I'm like so excited about the casting it- of The Stand. Although, why are you jumping all over the place and ruining your plot? Because the one thing the book has is the POV chapters to build to where we're going, but y'all ruining that? Anyway, whatever. Um, but when I see Amber Heard, I'm like, this is the thing of if you live your life so badly and publicly like this, then I'm reminded of that rather than the performance that you're putting out there. So. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing is the, the thing with Amber Heard, too. Like, it is also confusing why she also hasn't been removed from some projects because there is audio evidence of her admitting to hitting him and saying that I don't know if I if I can stop hurting you like she's literally said that. And it's even even grosser because, I mean, there's videos of her accepting awards from organizations that help um abused women and and giving all these speeches and like she is just as culpable in this so it it i don't know it's a it's a crazy situation yeah well Well, here's the thing we won't be talking about it anymore on this podcast (laughs) 
I wanted to ask you guys, I mean, I know we're, we keep circling around to this pandemic, but it has ruled this year. Oh, it's kind of hard to deny. <laughs> right. <laughs> or ignore. What are some things that we did pre-pandemic that you cannot imagine doing now? Um, Standing right next to someone. Standing in line, yeah. Standing in a line close next to someone. I don't want to go to a bar. I don't want to go to a ever. movie theater. Or a movie theater. Mm. I don't. I, I just think I'm going to see it as a petri dish. Uh, I was already at the place where I'll never go in a public pool. I will not even drive past the public <laughs> pool now. Um, uh, bars, bars are going to be a thing. Where I in restaurants, I don't know. Like my friend Erica is monk. Pre all of this, she doesn't take her phone out in public places. She doesn't lay her phone down on like the table in restaurants. She covers her. Uh, hands with her sleeves when she touches the menu and she hasn't been sick in years right so yeah i don't i think i'm i don't know i feel like i'm going to be very different with people communal ketchup and your french water fountains water well i wasn't doing water fountains disgusting i wasn't doing those for a long time like, I won't even let my dog do, like, the communal water at, like, a dog park. I'll just snatch him up and, like, you're drinking the car. I have water for you in the car. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think I just think, for me, movie theaters is one of those things that may, I'm going to have to bring, like, my alcohol and do my little spritz spritz. I'm going to be one of those people. When just, I go yeah. out, I'm going right. to spray the menu. I'm spraying shit when I go out. Nowhere. Well, it was that thing at mask. the beginning where movie theaters are, like, we're cleaning between every viewing and, like, what well, you Y'all should have been doing that already. Should have been <laughs> like, doing that already. Like we should have been doing all of it's like or like the New York subways, like they were getting clean three times a day, where before they were only getting clean like once a week or something like that. I don't think they were getting clean once a week. I think they were just telling <laughs> you they were getting clean once a week. <laughs> exactly. What about you? Yeah. Like what would would be for you? Like you're a single guy. Like what's dating gonna be like for you? <sighs> yeah, that's tough. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, definitely not random hookups anymore. That's yeah. out of. The, I mean, that's that's been out of out of my path for a while. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine like, especially now doing like a grinder hookup or something. Like, you don't know where that person's been. Um, the dick's not that that good. Yeah. Um, exactly. <laughs> but I'm I'm with you. Like concerts. I'm thinking about. I mean, like the the concerts. rock concerts where everyone's like puddled together and like sweating on each other and everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's gonna take a couple years before I ever step near that. Um, what, uh, not wearing a mask when you're sick in public. Yeah, like I think when I'm, you have the flu and you have to go out and get like I, medication or something. Like I you should have been be wearing do- a mask. I'm gonna be doing that though. I mean, I don't care if I get fucking stairs. I'm gonna wear my mask when like the Japanese do. I'm gonna do that if I have the sniffles and I have to be near people. But s- but shouldn't own- you just stay home? Well, There's no should, need to be out ha- there. If you have to get out, like if you have to do an errand, yes. But like like if when my in laws are here and I have the sniffles, I'm gonna wear a mask around them. Yeah. That's what people do in their homes. Right. I'm going to always have masks. I used to go to class fully in the throes of flu because they couldn't miss. Exactly. You know? It's like, do you do you now go to work? It's the same thing with you going to exactly. a set. Would you not wear a mask? Well, the thing is, is like now it's like, you know, as I. You can't call out sick in your business. That's the thing, and you need the money, and you, you can't and you can't call out sick. So you would have to wear the mask. Yeah. I remember one job I went to. I was so uh, it wasn't even the flu. It was like allergies or something. Or maybe yeah. it was. It was like a cold, serious cold. And I bet you I was contagious. Yeah. 
Or do it's that. crazy. Well, because but I see, I see, I see be... myself probably wearing a mask for at least a year after I get the vaccine or something like that. Like oh, I don't yeah. think it's probably going to be in my future for quite a while, honestly. Yeah, I, so. mean, I think it's here to stay for for a minute. It's going to be part of our culture. It should be part of everybody's culture. But here's the one the- thing I'm not looking forward to though is when vaccines do become public and the anti-maskers could be like, well, I already got my vaccine. I don't need a mask. And like, there's going to be a bunch of videos of people doing that. Cause I think even after the vaccine comes out to the general public, I think pe- most places will probably still require a mask. Yeah. You know, oh, of course they will. Yeah. But he, the thing that's coming on the wind that epidemi- epidemiologists have been saying for years, but no one listens to those people because viruses are boring to people until now is that there's something, there's several viruses out there that are way more deadly than COVID-19. So this has been a dress rehearsal of what happens when you don't have national mandates, when you have misinformation. Um, Trump's legacy will be helping to murder people because of this misinformation campaign, because of just the greed head mentality you know, and I don't think it's some nefarious lizard people QAnon shit that's going on. I think it's just pr- plain old greed. So it's having um, rallies without any masks. Exactly, and like just not giving a fuck about your constituency. Well, it's like the two the two idiots over there. Those two fuckers from Georgia, who at the beginning of this pandemic took all that money, that insider trading, Leffler, Leffler and, Purdue, and yeah. um, Purdue. Those motherfuckers. Yeah. We yeah. just lost a congressman elect yeah. at yeah. forty one from yeah. Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. 41 years old. So um, I, I don't know what people are expecting of their world, but it's this is not a movie. You're not watching a screenplay. 10 people, 15 people write an episode of a TV show that you're watching. No one's writing this. No one's editing this. This is real shit. You have yeah. to be the editor and the writer of your own fucking shit. So... Yeah, They are telling us that something worse than COVID-19 is coming. So there will always be masks in this house. I think a lot of the practices that have been called bizarre, like my friend Erica has been called weird and given sidelong looks and whispered about by people. And she's had to suffer that for many years. But she's like the chicken melancholia who's like (laughs) rigged for this kind of thing. And I've taken on a lot of her practices and... I think they're here to stay and I don't care about what the looks are. I don't give a shit what people think. Well, also I I get, I mean like before this, I would get like sick maybe three to four times a year. I have not been sick once this year. Yeah. Which I I love by the way, but also have you been on the receiving end of this? Like you get, maybe you wake up and your throat's feeling a little weird or like you're stuffed up a little bit. And you're kind of like venting to someone like, cause you're, you're a little freaking out a little bit. Your anxiety is a little high. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is COVID or not. Or, and then yeah, the other person's totally. like, or it could be something else. And I'm like, well, great. Thanks. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but any sort of symptom during a pandemic. And if you think it's COVID, that is a reasonable yeah. reaction to have. You should not yeah. be shamed. Like, or it could just be allergies or it could just be the cold. Well, cause then well, there's like, it's charged yeah. in a way where they make you think you're overreacting. Yeah, and I've 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 seen people in my life that have have done that, and then have gotten sick themselves with COVID. Oh my God! Well, Ian's like, been doing let like, people have well, that reaction. It's like it's like I went to, I had to go to the fucking bank the other day, yeah. and it was crowded in there. I was like, this is not. Why are they doing this? When at first it's like we're only going to let like one person in at a time. 
Now, like, everyone's in the bank waiting. So I'm like, shit. I, like, for the last couple of days, everything I've been eating, I've been like, can I taste it? Can yeah. I taste it? Can yeah. I taste it? And then, like, when you made yeah. your chili, I was like, fuck, I got to eat this thing. I, like, burned my mouth because I was like, I want to see if I can taste it to make sure I don't have fucking COVID. I did make it kind of hot, though. I apologize. Well, no, just not hot, like, in spicy hot, yeah, but hot, so like, a hot, it. hot. Because you're the one kind of going out of the house. I'm not really doing any of the interaction. And he's having to go to set. You know, of course, he's got a face shield on and all this kind of stuff and, and on his PPE on the set. But you still. Yeah, we got tested and everything. And you get tests and stuff before you do the, the shows. But it's just. These things are not inconveniences once they become habits. And I feel like that's where we're going. But, yeah, I don't know. There for a little long minute, maybe in the middle of the summer, I was like, oh, I miss going to bars. And now I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> you know? Right. I think a lot of this after we've done a year of it, and we're going to do longer. 2021, tomorrow, when we get up, the world is still going to be where we are. Yeah. It's right. just we're going to have an incoming regime that's going to have to, I, I think, I don't know about what Joe's going to do. I don't know what Kamala's going to do. I just know that they're, and even if it's all performative, like we've been saying, at least they're pretending to give a shit. And <laughs> I feel like they're going to put mandates in place, national mandates, that are going to save your life. Whether you believe in this shit or not, people are going to have to be, because we the people who are like railing against this vaccine, the boomers. I'm like, bitch, they lined us up when I was in elementary school. It was a nine headed pronged round inoculant thing that went in your arm because they gave you the TB mm-hmm. vaccination, but they gave you all these other vaccinations, and then you had to get your right. booster shot later. There was no him and Han. We had the sock Sundays too. Like you would line up and you got. I think we got it on a lemon drop, um, in a backward ass place, like in the middle of Alabama. <laughs> Like, yeah, nobody was fucking fighting it. And it's like, I, I go, do you not remember getting this and not even thinking twice about it? And you're like, well, that's what causes autism and blah, 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 blah. I'm just like, the science is just not there. And I, and so far. Also, it's incredibly ableist. <laughs> it's incredibly ableist. As like well. it's the worst thing that could happen. Yeah. And, and on top of that, we haven't seen any deaths due to the vaccination. Yeah. People yeah. The worst sick. thing we've seen is, is, you know, the day after you get the vaccine, some people experience chills and, and they're tired. But then the day after, they're fine. I've had that with the flu shot. That's yeah. happened to me. And yeah. it's just something you get over because it's it's better than having the actual flu. <laughs> like, we've all had the flu with the flu shot. The flu without a flu shot is fucking terrible. Yeah. And it kills people. And it's, I st- it's i don't know it's just crazy also i i don't care if they microchip me i got a phone they've already microchipped me <laughs> fucking do it i just want to see my friends i don't care <laughs> yeah gotcha you're not that important the government does not care about you <laughs> you're true. not that important if they don't want to give you more than six hundred dollars they don't care where the fuck you're going yeah exactly you're not gonna end you're up just a list. number that they're making money off of yeah yeah, the fix is in. just an energy source. I've talked about, <laughs> about this before, like in uh, with the batteries. Uh, when I was in college in 1986, I want to say, I uh, was at Jacksonville State, and there was an outbreak of the 1968 Hong Kong flu. Like, students died. And I remember being sick for like three or four months. Um, 
And I've had a pretty hearty constitution since. So I just, I wonder how I'm going to do with the vaccination. Will I? I think keel over. You'll be know. fine. Yeah, probably be fine. I'm taking but it. I'll be, fir- I'll be first in line, yeah. Yeah, I'm fucking taking it. I mean, like, I would rather, uh, and I'm taking it to be responsible to the people around me. Number one, my husband. Number two, I want to see my in-laws at some point. As much as they drive me fucking crazy, I miss those two crazy people. I miss, you know, I wish they could come and be here with us. Um, Yeah. I know they would like to come here and kick it. Because when they come here, they're like on vacation. I miss you. I would like, you know, you had a a trip planned here for June and we didn't get to see you. Didn't get to fucking walk the floor and graduate. You know, yeah. there's a, oh, lot yeah. of, a lot of things. <laughs> Doesn't we, that seem like such a long time ago? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. A lot of the things that people missed out on this year. And like, I think my, the things that I'm looking forward to are seeing you, um, seeing our other friends, you know, around here and then seeing our in-laws. I think that's what I miss. What I'm not going to miss. I'm not going to miss going to the bar. Do you know, I'm not yeah. going to. But when I do go, I'm going to always have that thing in my purse to spray things. I'm like, hey, this is what I do. Alcohol yeah, wipes. I probably won't do it as often. Yeah, like I would. I I used to go to restaurants all the time. I don't think I'm probably gonna do it as often, at least for a while. But uh, I you know what I really miss? I really miss working in a coffee shop, and I know that's so artsy fartsy. I just I miss the hustle and bustle, and you know I can wipe down the table and like uh, I don't want to use their mugs. Like I want to. I just want the plastic cup. But I I miss doing that. I can't wait for the day that I can go back and do that. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of uh, for the longest time that was the way I could write was in a public place and now mm-hmm. I, I think it's just because my brain is aging going different ways or whatever but I cannot I, but my the focus one is gone the one thing that has saved me though is the YouTube playlist that it's like you know coffee shop hustle and bustle with the music in the background or yep, something like that's yeah. right I love that shit we have a lot of you know we have the 9,000 TVs in the house and so one of the things <laughs> we do in the morning when we open the house like we're a royal family is we open all of our blinds and curtains and all the TVs get set on like some sort of form of chill hop or coffee shop vibe or mm-hmm. just to kind of give you the feeling in your house that you're you know you're not alone yeah um Yep. And I think that's why we keep playing Fallout, too, is because you feel like you're kind of getting outside, even though, you know, there's Scorch Beast and Death Claws and shit. But and you're, there's, you're, there's radioactivity everywhere, yeah. It is, but, you know, you feel like, <laughs> well, at least if I have a little bit of cancer, my character does, it's getting irradiated out of them. I don't know. Um, yeah, just trying all those little coping mechanisms that we've all... I think it, 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 I've seen the stages. We've all seen the stages. Everybody going, oh, we can do this. We're coming out of the holidays of last year. It's a extended vacation, and everybody was out walking. It was like an army of people walking outside our window. <laughs> right? And then, yeah. and then it became, oh, we're all going to make bread at the same time, and we're all going to, like, I was trying to can. <laughs> I was going to can some <laughs> tomatoes because I, I grew up canning. You can't, you still can't get two things in my world. You can't get a sewing machine, and you can't get a canning jar, a set of canning jars. I would order yeah. them and they would cancel the order. I would order them and they would cancel the order, like out of stock, out of stock. And then people were like kind of got into their their trends and splintered off into groups and we had versus and we had all the other things. Trent and I started following Tony Baker and Kev on stage and, and Leslie Jones more. And, yeah, and then just all of these different kind of modes. And now I'm kind of in a place where people are like it's dawning on them that this is the new reality. Yeah, this is the, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is normal now. Yeah. 
And I don't know how you can't go back to the bar if it closed. You can't go back right. to the restaurant if it closed. The AMC theater may not be open when we emerge from this. And I feel like the next phase of this for all of us is just finding our individual ways to settle in to the new world order. Yeah. I mean, from an arts perspective, I would really love to see Broadway come back next year. Um, I still see them do, I see them opening, but the audience has to be wearing masks the whole time. Like I, I don't think it's going to be like a light switch back to normal. I think we're going to have to gradually come out of this thing um, until we can, uh, until the caseload is like, at a bare, not even bearable, but like a barely noticeable level. But um, I just feel really bad for a lot of the people working on Broadway and not just the actors, but the musicians and the ushers yeah. and the stage managers and the sound guys who lost their jobs. All um, the techs. Yeah. And, you know, if you talk to any of them, they love their job. Yeah. They absolutely love it. It's therapy for them. It's something that they can connect with other people. And they haven't had that for almost a year. Yeah. You know, so I'm really looking forward to the day where those stages come back open. I would like I to would also see Disney do something that they did with Hamilton. And maybe I'm naive. I don't know how these two worlds would connect. But yeah, because we know that Broadway is for people who can afford it. You had to travel to New York. You got to, you know, that's a very expensive theater visit. Right. Yeah. So so talking about diversity and opening things up and making things more accessible. I really feel like there is a huge um, potential there to bring Broadway to screen. You still hold it in the theater. You still have the tickets to go see it. You still have those people who love the live experience and can afford it. It's like a sporting event. But then those actors who are on stage get to be, you know, grandfathered in SAG-AFTRA cards. So yep. you go from equity mm -hmm. to SAG-AFTRA. You're getting those residual checks. So that's the gift that keeps on giving. You get to see that cast. I would belly up and watch every single traveling uh, company of Hamilton right now on Disney mm -hmm. Plus if they put it up all yeah. day long. I would love to see uh, the Reeve Carney show that you were seeing, uh, Hades Town, I would love to see that mounted. So you go in the theater, everybody gets tested. They shoot it like they did Hamilton over a smattering of days. And you put your money into that production. It would blow up careers. Yeah. Um, yeah those ushers would. and those techs and those stagehands would work for those performances. Um, you would still be open. But you mm -hmm. would be, maybe you spread people out. And then the money that's made is off of that deal with Disney or and or HBO or whomever you're making the deals with. Mm -hmm. And people who haven't seen um, a lot of these classic shows would get treats to that. Whatever was airing in 2020, whatever was mounted in 2020, I think they should make deals to to put those things on screen. And so these actors yeah. can get their health insurance and they can continue to survive. And there could be that fun. That fun would only get bigger for the theater crowd. I don't know if I'm being naive about that, but I think that we've seen with Hamilton. It would sustain itself. There's a right? huge, yeah, there's a huge yeah. thirst for that. So, yeah. Like, I yeah, want to see Book of Mormon. I mean, like, yeah. you, think of the, you think of the pay of a Broadway actor and you think it's a lot. I mean, like, it's enough to live in New York City. Yeah. You know, like in the and they're always fighting for more benefits. Like they don't they don't have it made is what I'm saying. So That's I right. think this could really help sustain them and, and also yeah. sus just sustain the art of musical theater yeah. and make it more accessible. But I don't know. I am I'm always daydreaming about what the first performance of a Broadway show after all this would feel like, like the emotionality 
the charged atmosphere of that room. Like I could not imagine what that would be like. Hopefully, I mean, I'm being optimistic and hopefully I can, I really would wa- would love to get a ticket to see the first re-premiere of Hadestown, but I don't, yeah. I, 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 I can see those ticket prices being astronomical. Through the roof. Yeah. I don't know. I would, I would just, I cannot wait for that, for that day to come back. So we've seen this also affect streaming. We've seen, one of the things that's happened is, you know, Roku and HBO were fighting. And then all of a sudden we go to look for a Wonder Woman 1984. And there's the fucking app for HBO Max finally on Roku. People are being forced to kind of look past uh, where we've been. There's this, this reluctance to embrace streaming and people's habits. And now you have a you have a captive audience. You have to monetize it. Just yep. like with the THC boom, you have to fucking monetize yeah. this. That's the American way. Yeah. Like, and get on board with this and, like, see what your audience needs you to be. But going back to the Broadway model, like, prom. I didn't know it was on Broadway. I don't know anything about what Bra- it was on Broadway. Fucking loved it. I'm not even a mor- musical person, but maybe I am a musical person. Um, I like musicals. But I like I just, when they're good. I think that when they're, when they're done, you don't even need a celebrity cast. Again, no. you could have that original cast from prom come out and perform that in some way again go to the theater where it was performed mount it like you would mm-hmm. and then just shoot it from all the different angles and you can filter in your audience reaction whatever but there's just a lot i think of potential and people can do it we know that this government can give us uh, a universal standard income we know that we can have capitalism and socialism living side by side in this country we just won't do yeah. it because yeah Nobody gives a shit, you know, about the money the common isn't man. real. It's not real. Just it type real. it into my bank account. Right. <laughs> like Darlene? I saw, I saw this this TikTok of a girl <laughs> being like, I don't understand. Like when I go and deposit a hundred dollar bill, the bank takes that hundred dollar bill and just types it into my account. So why can't Congress just type it in? Money is not real. <laughs> it's all they don't actually have that amount. I just think I just thought it was so funny. This is about the time we need Darlene Alderson to go rip off the one percenters and give us all. We we uh, I was meeting with uh, the uh, me and the girls in the basement. That's our little organization. <laughs> we were like working out how much we talked about Mr. Robot yesterday on our kind of uh, our hangout chat for uh, SML Corp basement. Um, and we were talking about how much money everyone probably got. So this is season four, Mr. Robot, uh, Darlene, um, hacks the e-coin wallets and drops all the one percenters money into it. So Angie does the math and found some of the math that someone had done on Reddit. And it looked like everybody got around $34,000. Wow. And it would not be taxed, uh, by the government. That's if you had a bank account. If you had an e-coin wallet oh, set up. Oh, an e-coin wallet. Didn't have anything uh, to do with the banks. Imagine being that one person that did not have. Standing <laughs> out in the rain. Yeah. Well, if you didn't, if you didn't clear, uh, you know, check systems, you wouldn't be able to have an account. But just imagine thirty-four thousand fucking dollars in you know, one swap. That's what Darlene did. That would change did. a lot of people's lives. It would that's change yeah. a lot of people's lives. For some people, that's a yearly salary. Yeah. And, for, and again, like if you had a universal income, if you just did that two thousand dollars proposed. Income. This is coming from uh, Andrew Yang when he was running for president. He was proposing this, a $2,000 like baseline national income for everyone. That could be life-changing. You yeah. know, for some people it would be a supplement. For others, it would get them off the streets. It would um, prevent them from going into the streets. And yeah. yet we, we, and we can still do that and still have a great nation. 
yeah. and that's where we're going because if you've watched that video of the dancing robots we all just watched a couple of days ago, none of y'all going to be working anywhere. It's all going to be them dancing exactly. robots. I mean, I think if anything, this year has shown us that if we just had the time, we could be thriving as human beings. We really could. We would have the time to take care of ourselves mentally, get into hobbies and other activities that we are not monetizing to survive and just enjoy. Because I've seen a lot of people being like, I have the time to like watch all these TV shows that I want to or finally get into that hobby that I've because I'm not driving to work every day. And we've seen it. Carbon emissions are low because we don't have the traffic every day. Like the 40 hour week in and of itself is However, it it I'm hearing sense. that the other side of that, though, just not to rain on your parade, although I do agree, it's all about at our fingertips, it's that there's this big um, argument going on about our working at home and burning energy at home and sending more emails than we've ever sent before is also creating somehow a strain on the system. This, what the our our pi- our internet pipelines? Our internet pipelines. The cloud has gotten to get massively bigger to accommodate all of our communication. But I argue that those things will settle down and settle in, just like that horde yeah. of hipster people who marched past my door a few months ago. I never seen any of you motherfuckers. Where the fuck did y'all come from? Let's just just all create more data manner space. Manner of fucking crazy. But you would create the space, but I think yeah. it would also calm down and people would go. We don't need to send but the one email a week. We don't need 20 a day. You don't yeah. need, not everything needs to be a Zoom call. What happened to the fucking conference call? Why do you need to look at each other? <laughs> Just put it on the conference call and people can walk around their house and tend to their business. Then, then Jeffrey Tobin could have jerked off and no one would have ever known. Ruined a perfectly brilliant career because he thought somehow it was a great idea to pull his sponsor out in the middle of a meeting and jerk it. Just, just do a conference call. You know, and just don't do the emails. You know, write things yeah. down, have goals, do your shit, turn send the stuff in. Send it by Messenger in, Hawk, yeah. Send it by Owl, you know. <laughs> owl. Owls need to work too. And then you're done. I just, we just, we make these, um, we throw tax in front of our own bus. And I feel yeah. like that's, that's time to change. But imagine if we could have a system where instead of a 40-hour work week, you had a 25-hour work week and people would go to work for three days and... We would have the same amount of output and we would have these people would have time more with their families, more with their hobbies, more just time to be a human being. Instead we would be of France working every day of your life just to barely scrape by. That's right. That's right. You know? but see, we're, we're only, we're, you know, we're only 200 years old, so we're still going yeah, through that learning teenager. process. Yeah, we're a teenager nation. Where are the European nations? I mean, they've been doing this shit for a long time. They're like, bitch, why are you over there going crazy? Like the French owns a lot of American companies. You know, because they, they and they have with their twenty, they had their twenty-five to thirty-hour work weeks. They have yeah. their, you know, their leisurely mentality. They also have. Yeah, the government healthcare there too as well. They have government healthcare, so they have a mixture. They're not that. Yes, they might be labeled a socialist country, but there's a lot of capitalism going on with France. Well, and there's also data to prove that if you if people are working less hours, they are more likely to be excited about their job and want to do a good job rather than slave away to nine, 10 hours every single day. Like we're not built like that. That's right. You know? So, yeah, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see what's coming, but it's, I think there's just a general fear that blankets us. You know, I think if I start thinking about 
when I start borrowing everybody else's trouble around me, which is hard not to do, when you see businesses going under, you see people in need, you see all of your friends. And I was, I don't know what's going on with y'all, but in y'all's life, well, I know what's going on in Ian's life because it's my life. But um, I don't know if you have any friends, Andre, that are just mentally breaking down. Like people are kind of imploding in all kinds of different ways. I see a lot of drama unnecessarily we've had drama put on us out of like the Mm -hmm. fucking blue i'm like what is this what's happening are you seeing that too are you seeing people kind of crack out or am i just like surrounded by a bunch of nut jobs crack out and like like what do you mean like people who are just they're beefing over nothing or they're clingy and needy or they all of a sudden have just a dramatic fight with someone like this came that came out of blue of the blue none of that's happening in your world not, I don't, I mean, not really. I mean, I know that tensions are high for a lot of people and I could like an, imagine the reaction of having to make something out of nothing, but I don't know. I don't think I've had that in my life personally. Oh, it's just me then. I'm glad we had this talk. <laughs> no. I'm seeing a lot of people who, uh, are just especially with me, I'm having to do this thing where past a certain time of the day long about five o'clock i put the i put the driving message on that said i'm away from my phone because people just be like at night i guess they start drinking or thinking or they got time on their hands and they just decided to just bombard my phone at night i'm sitting here trying to like play my game chill with my husband you know kick it with him because that's our time during the day we literally have a delineated part of the day we have real weekends we Ian gets up at 5.30. I get up 7 to 9, depends on the day. And then when I'm working, I'll work to 2, 3. And then the afternoon is kind of admin shuffling around or exercise or whatever. And then our evening starts around 4.35. And people just decide that's the time I just want to. <laughs> and I'm like, and everybody's got problems and things I can solve them. And I'm like, I can't. I don't know why you're hitting me up. I'm just putting one foot in front of the other just like everybody else. I don't have any answers. And I also don't want to sit here and look at my phone all night long. Why y'all do that? Why do people do that? Just want to like hit you up all night long and talk about the bullshit. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I think it's just me. I got That's another thing I'm going to try to shake off in 2021 is crazies. I have no friends, so I don't, (laughs) nobody texts me. Ian doesn't get involved in the first place. I get COVID alerts, text from you, text from my parents, and then... Ashlyn sisters. Ashlyn sisters. And then COVID alerts. Yeah, but you have to deal with the fallout of the drama that happens around me. Yeah. So his I new mean, thing with me, which I love, he's been doing this only the, the during this year. He's like, babe, you don't need to do that. Not telling me what to do, because that's not how we roll. But he'll be like, I don't... Because I'll go, hey, should I negotiate this truce between these two parties? And he's like, no, you should not. And I'm listening to him. It's a new thing where he, he's, I ask his opinion. He tells me his opinion. And then I follow his advice. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, he's right. I'm very Republican about things. And the answer is no. <laughs> Just because I haven't, I haven't thought through the, the, all the outcomes. Now you, you save you save us both for because whatever is happening to me is going to happen to you and especially right now it's kind of a thing. Why am I borrowing this trouble? 
So. But I totally yeah. see the breaking down thing, though. I mean, like, I think we've all, if, we've, if we look in ourselves and, and just see how we've changed throughout the years, you, you can see the parts where we start cracking and where we crack. And, you know, just seeing, like, seeing stuff that, that, that are reminiscent of, like you said, like the pandemic and things, shows like that. Yeah. And even, like, like everyone's doing their recap of the year and just seeing how things went through, you know, the summer and the protests. It's just like... It, it's it's PTSD almost, I think, yeah. in a way. Oh, we're, we are living through trauma. Like, yeah. this, this is a traumatic event that has happened to everybody. And it's going to affect oh. us in different ways. So I think we're, like, we're all altered. Yeah. No one in this, nobody alive in this world has ever gone through anything like this. I mean, I know I feel changed. I feel like my yeah. mind has shifted. Oh, yeah. Um, about a lot of things. And I'm I feel like the hard yeah. drive in my mind has gotten yeah. significantly smaller. Yeah. And I cannot hold as much trash. Like, I'm always cl- like empty trash, empty trash. I've, uh, I've also done, I've been really adamant lately, especially about communicating properly with people in my life. And I expect the same level of communication from the other person. Because yeah. at this point, I don't have time for people being passive aggressive with me and for me to be passive aggressive with them. If there's That's a problem, it. I would love to talk about it. That's and it. And if there isn't a problem, then we're cool, mm-hmm. you know, but I, th- I'm, I think I just don't have the mental energy to like do the, the dancing around each other and, and dancing around the problem. Like there have been a couple of times in the past couple of months where I've had to sit someone down and be like, Hey, this one thing that you said actually kind of hurt me. I was wondering if we could talk about it or being like, Hey, like, is there, is there a problem? Like, have I done something wrong? Like I just been, I've been very utilitarian about things because it just feels pointless to waste time doing anything else. Like, I feel like we've all kind of learned that our time is like really fucking precious. I mean, we've all, uh, us three have been very particular about our time before, but I think even now, I think it's like been dialed to 11. I don't know if you guys feel that way as well. I mean, you nailed it. It's like, I I was already, yeah, the three of us already had that kind of thing. Like, don't waste my time. Don't make me, don't bring me drama. Because I think for the three of us who work as creatives, it's like drama is something you do for a living. They put it on a screen or on a stage and people get checks for that shit. I don't do drama outside of not getting a check for it. So that's why I don't fight with people on Twitter. That's why I don't have, uh, I don't get into fights with people on the Ashland pages or any of that kind of shit. It's like, bitch, nobody's paying me to do that. So um, have your opinion and safe travels. I, wherever the fuck you're going, just get the fuck out of my fucking face. And I won't even bother telling you that because I don't want to have time. So I just feel yeah. like now it's even more honed up. But what my particular problem, and I guess it looks like it's just my problem, is that I have a lot of people who are wanting to cling to something. And I guess I give off the appearance for some fucking crazy reason that I know what I'm doing. I look like I'm stable to some people. And I'm like, <laughs> You need to talk to your God about how you're living your life because I'm Why are you asking me that? Why are you running to me? (laughs) I'm basically like four inches away from being a Cro-Magnon man. I ain't got nothing together. You know, I'm just keeping my shit in one sock just barely. (laughs) So I don't know what it is. And I'm just and I also tell people outright, like I'm trying to not be a dick, but I'm like, hey, I got hypertension. Going through menopause, kind of having trouble sleeping, kind of dealing with my drinking problems and shit that I'm kind of, you know, I got to lose 65 fucking pounds at some point or my doctor says I'm going to die. 
trying not to get this COVID, not trying to get this, get on this Rona. And people are like, yeah. But anyway, so um, like, don't even hear me. Just push past the doorway and go, okay, so yeah. I'm getting a divorce. And I'm like, I, I why? So then yeah. that person gets ghosted. And then I had a friend, sort of friend, go around all of those blocking protocols and go through a person that she hasn't talked to in 20 years to try to find me. I was like, after you came here and showed your ass. Anyway, so I'm just like, what? And I just, you're giving me a gift I don't want. You're giving me the burden of a gift of your friendship I don't want. And that's yeah. why I was talking to you about a couple of podcast ideas that we can talk about later. But like, just sort of like, I have to learn how to say no to people. And I don't know how to say no to people. Right. Yeah. And so what happens with me is I, I tolerate things for a long time and then I explode. You have to set your own boundaries. And I don't know how to like, but people just come right up into my eyeballs and go, no. can I have this? Can I have you? Punch can I have back. your time? And I, just, I don't know, like in the moment, people go, well, tell them no. I'm like. It's a lot harder to do, isn't it? Tell people no. It is a lot harder to do. And you even know? the stuff I've said is, is it took a while for me to work up because I'm not usually a confrontational person. But once I started viewing it as communication instead of confrontation, then that's when things became a little easier. Yeah. Um, I've also feel like I've been very unapologetic about uh, like things like my political views and like my identity. Like I used to never post political shit or gay shit on Facebook. But these past couple of months, I've been like, fuck it. Why not? You know? Because you're gay and you're political. <laughs> well, because uh, a, a, a family friend, it started in September when like a family friend like reposted a video of, of somebody talking about why um, you shouldn't vote for Biden or something like that. And it was it was the fact that it was that particular family friend that also knows me and knows that I'm gay and knows that voting for Trump is a like very directly going against my rights. And this was also when like um, those two Supreme court, court justices were talking about how they want to overthrow the equality act yeah. and like throw gay marriage out the window. And that's when I sat down at my computer and typed out every single thing the Trump administration has said against gay people. And I gave them three sources and I posted it on Facebook because it is irrefutable at that point. And you know, no one has come for me yet. And I don't think even if they do come for me, I'm going to be like, uh, whatever I did share something about how Jeff Bezos made like a, a billion dollar, a, a lot of money during the pandemic. I've had some pe people in my comments being like, well, if you worked hard for it, why does it matter? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, I'm, there's, there's just no point. Jeff Again, Bezos doesn't work. About my time. Jeff like, Bezos didn't work for now. I'm not here arguing with people yeah. on, on Facebook. Yeah, uh, I am yeah. going to post what I think. And you can get mad, but I can't. I can't control your reaction, Mama. Like I think my whole thing with people is like I cannot go back to elementary school with you, where like mm -hmm. you didn't learn how to read and write. A, seventeen. Yeah. I cannot go back to what what you did not or did learn from whatever Texas made school book from school to tell you how other shit works. And like then I get people's sources are Alex Jones or or stormer.net and all kinds of shit. And I'm like, well, there's a problem right there. There's a critical thinking problem. And I can't, you know, I don't have time to issue IQ tests. I just, yeah. I, I just block those people. I don't have those people as friends. My, my, I just, I think once we put Ashley into bed, I am going to think long and hard about whether I just kill my Facebook page. 
Uh, I just get off of Facebook completely. Um, I only keep it because there's just friends from the past. But I'm like, I'll just reach out to those handful of people and go, here's my personal phone number. If you want to text me, you can text me and say, hey, and holler at me that way. But I don't know that I want to be friends with people on Facebook. I still, I've been doing that for a long time, pondering, you know, whether I should pull a Rami Malik and just disappear from the internets. Do it. Ian would like it. Get off the grid. Yeah. Well, get off the grid. Like, I would have, like, my spy accounts. I would set up dummy accounts, of which I, I have, like, nine Instagram accounts. So I could still, like, see what's going on, but I just don't know that I need to necessarily share what's going on with myself. Like, I post up something about us personally on my personal IG, and I'm like, who fucking cares? (laughs) Yeah. What my Christmas tree looks like this year. You know, that's that's what I started thinking about my own, like, my personal Instagram. That's why I took it down. It's like, who the fuck cares about this? Yeah. And if somebody really, like, that I don't know is, this is, I just... I don't know. I just thought it was ridiculous. I thought I'm not that important. I don't even want to see this again. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of that's sort of like where I'm sitting with the taste at the time. I don't know. No. What is your opinion on on the, that kind of thing? I mean, my Instagram like personally is more of a like a kind of like digital scrapbook than yeah. anything else. Um, Facebook is like update people that are not on any other thing. Um, Twitter is just for me to rant about stuff, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, also I have to use social media as like kind of a means of promoting my stuff. Yeah. Networking, um, yeah. cause that really is just the way to do it these days, but that's your bag. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All my stuff is clandestine. Like my clients, I don't want to talk about who my clients are. Um, I don't have a LinkedIn page. It's funny because going into the next year, my partner is like it, 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 the place where I work. Uh, he's like, yeah, we're going to start putting together people's uh, LinkedIn pages for them. And we're going to write articles for LinkedIn. And I'm like, God damn it. I got to come up with a moniker. <laughs> so I want to be yeah. some like fake uh, Dunder Mifflin employee. Um, I'm just going to set up a dummy LinkedIn because what happens is when I had, when I wrote for a couple of places like Ranker or Screenwriting You. People would just have no problem busting into my LinkedIn and asking me for jobs and sending me screenplay pitches. And it just became a fucking, it was like what people think Facebook is. It was like a fucking nightmare for me. So I don't want to show up on that shit. I also don't want to be stalked by some rando from 26 years ago. If I'm not talking to you now, not interested in talking to you. So I don't want to catch up from when we were in grade school. I just don't feel like (laughs) filling in those years. You know, maybe it's because I have have changed in a lot of ways so much. I just don't want to have conversations about the past. There's like nobody in my past life that I would find it welcome to get it. Like, hey, Ian, how are you doing? I can't think of a single person. Same. Like, I'm just not interested in looking back. Like, I can barely look back at the top of this year. I know, right? So yeah, with all of, this is a big we're going out the door bitching. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know if there's anything else we want to say about some of our favorite episodes. I think I've covered like what I like about it. Is there any other episodes you want to point out before we get on out of here, Andre? <laughs> um, I mean, not to say the Mandalorian again, but I feel like those last 
four or five episodes of this season were like probably some of the best shit I've ever seen. I'm talking about um, our episodes of our show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> of Ashland. I liked when we talked to people. I, thought- <laughs> I was gonna say I liked when we talked to people uh, like Skinner Myers uh, stands. Yeah, out that was cool. Talking yeah. to Adam and uh, Travis about dying breed. Uh, having, having some of our guests on has been fun things as well. Having people that we talk to about stuff. I that thought was you meant super TV fun. Show, sorry, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> well, you no, know, the Game of Thrones recaps were are probably my favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah, the tea times are great. The tea times are fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think the Mister the Mister Robot recap is funny to listen to because we sound like we're insane. We do sound we like sound, we're insane. We sound completely insane, and all the theories that we were throwing out is is just fun to listen to. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I want to say something about Mr. Robot too. And I want to stand corrected from where I landed. I got so in my head and a lot of us did uh, who were super fans for Mr. Robot that we had such an expectation that we created in our own heads. And so by the time I got around to watching, uh, the series finale, I, I was so pissed off and upset because it didn't go where I wanted it to go. And I normally never do that. And it was taking that year to come back around to watch it where I realized just how wonderful of an ending it was um, and where I landed with it was completely different. I, I just needed to lean into what the what Sam Esmel was doing, not what I expected mm-hmm. him to do. It was it was subtle in a way he didn't – it was a subtlety. He didn't use the whole – well, he did. I just – like you said, I got caught up with – all the stuff over here. Like and I got yeah. cut up Which with your stuff. Which is what we like damned like the Game of Thrones fans for doing. <laughs> so like <laughs> Exactly. Cuz I went cuz I had no expectations for Game of Thrones because to me the show was so wild that it could go anywhere and I sure. would just be like, yeah. Like like I didn't really have any expect I didn't really even have expectations for Mr. Robot either apart from the things that we thought logically would happen because it was set up and then it never happened, but um yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not. It's definitely not like something I would never go back on. You know, I I had to say that I get it now. There's still some things that, as I've sat here and digested it, and also gone through with some other super fans, there's some things that I'm like, why? Like the the <laughs> plant didn't melt down. Okay, I'm accepting all the things that he posited, but I'm still confused as how the Washington Township plant blew up. And there's not radiation all over the place. Didn't they? They said they. they it's a special shielded room. But they were, a, but they were able to shut it down before it went haywire. Okay, then I wasn't paying attention. I think that's what go. happened. In part of awesome. the explanation. Okay, but it was all in there. I just wasn't paying attention. And finally, when I got around to what was actually being said and what Sam wanted us to do, uh, wanted us to believe about what he was putting out there, I was like, oh. You're taking it way too seriously. I took mm-hmm. it way too seriously. Yeah. And yeah. when I when I just took it for the just the storytelling and went along for the journey, and I, it stands still as my favorite TV show ever. I could yeah. It's hard yeah. to deny how good it is. Yeah. I could see you know a you know a Mister Robot watch through from start to finish. Yeah. With the new filter of knowing. With, yeah. Of knowing what it is. You know, sometime in the 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 back half of twenty twenty one, I'll uh, do that. Sam is writing a uh, graphic novel for Mister Robot. I don't know if it's a prequel or whatever. So that's oh. coming. Be interesting. Maybe he'll finally go listen. You motherfuckers on Reddit, we're finally going to get down <laughs> to what this shit is. Or he'll answer none of that and just posit new questions because that's Sam's thing. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I think some of my favorite shows uh, were the prepping with you guys, coming up with notes. We would sit there and watch an episode of Game of Thrones and then talk about it for hours after it had aired. We'd watch it together sometimes. We would text during the episodes that getting ready on Sunday night to do it freshly off the... The press, like we were meeting a deadline, mm. and um, <laughs> I watched fucking Battle of the Bastards on my computer in a laundry room, in a um, what what hotel was I staying in in Central Valley? One yeah. of those Hyatt Hyatt Place. Yeah. Oh, the ba- yeah the Battle of Winterfell episode. Yeah, yeah, Battle of Winterfell. You that one. Pictures yeah. Of you watching it on your laptop. Yeah. So we could be ready to talk about yeah. it so you wouldn't when miss I got out back, on yeah. it. It was it was the craziest thing. Like I remember that's the part that I loved about it was the it was the prepping for it, the anticipation of doing um the episode. So that I I'm going to miss that. But we're going to have plenty of that in our future for wherever we come back to because we've talked about something that's a little bit more produced. <laughs> something that's not so loosey-goosey. As much as I fucking love this, I feel like we want to do something that's probably a little bit more entertaining for an audience. So yeah, the competition is stiff. There's a million uh, podcasts out there. Uh, and it is right now the thing to do is listen to podcasts. But I, I will put a podcast on my ears, and if it's not slapping in the first five seconds, I bounce. Yeah, same. Um, so it's like books on tape, any of that kind of stuff, Audible. Like if I... If I just, I'm not feeling it, I, I didn't used to do that. I would give something a little bit more of a chance. And now I'm like, nope. Yeah. People, food, entertainment. I'm just like, no, I am not going to waste one more minute of this. And the good thing about that is that you can always circle back around it when you're mentally ready to give it a shot. Yeah. I mean, there's no rule to this thing. Yeah. Like, but I don't think I'll ever watch Sons of Anarchy, but, you know. You're about I, to I, say you're going to give it a shot? No, no, no. It's like like with Penny Dreadful. I the first I couldn't watch it for. He used to make fun of me for watching it. I could not get through it. And then after we, Andre said, "Let's do Penny Dreadful." I was like, "Okay, let's do Penny Dreadful." I fucking got into it, and when I got past the part that I the just the Vicky what first two episodes, it's fucking hooked. Yeah. 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 So, I think that's exactly where kind of why another reason Ashlyn is ending is like we are not in the mind frame to see things the way we used to. And maybe this will be permanent. Maybe it's just a phase along a long track. I don't know. We'll see. Our our yeah. social DNA has been altered, I think. I think so. Like in a way, like you know how like your genome, like what do they call it, mutations come in? I think just the way you think yeah. has been totally changed. Well, I also think without this podcast, I probably would have would still have probably not watched Game of Thrones. Probably would never would have gotten around to Mr. Robot. I'm sure you guys probably wouldn't have watched Avatar and Korra in like a month. <laughs> like it's or exactly. even Gotham or something or like Marvel, that. Or the Marvel movies. Marvel, yeah, yeah. the way we yeah, got into those. it. Yeah. Yeah. Avatar, I, uh, yeah. the Avatar and the Korra thing. It's a good example. This has been a mutually beneficial kind of meeting of the minds that I appreciate because we respected each other's fandoms and uh, love for the things that we love mm-hmm. and that's what i think kind of strengthens this friendship is that i'm like like ew i don't want to never watch that i'm like i'll give it a shot you know and lean into it and i didn't expect to love avatar as much as i did and to love cora as much as i did and now that's just like like how did i live without those things in my life 
And then last night, right after we finished the flight attendant, right before we went to bed, we watched Spirited Away. Oh. Uh, which I know was an influence of on the guys who made Avatar. Mm-hmm. And you can see it, 2001. Um, yeah. And it holds up, and it's beautiful, it's and it's so weird wild. as fuck. It is. I love Spirited Away. It's just, uh, and I knew Ian had never seen it, and there it was on HBO Max, and I was like, let's, let's watch this. This will be fun. Don't get me started on Wonder Woman 1984. I'm not uh, even going to talk about yeah. it here. <laughs> I'm sure the next one will also be about Chris Pine. Anyway, um, they'll just find some way to bring him back again. Just been, most of them may be talking about his ass. So, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on that note. Um, I, I, it, it is New Year's Eve. I don't know when you're going to listen to this. But uh, New Year's Eve in 2020, we were doing this. We were talking about these things we talked about. We were doing our best. We were uh, just trying to stay alive. And we were really concerned about other people and not sitting up here in some ivory tower. Ain't nobody can afford no ivory tower up in this motherfucker. But, um, yeah. yeah, I hope you guys are healthy and happy and just holding body and soul together. I hope that your bellies are full. And I hope your futures are bright. I wish good things on people, no matter who they voted for. I don't wish harm on people. Well, maybe one person. Um, but, you know, I just, I hope that everybody who's been coming along on this journey goes back and listens to the older episodes, to the white hot mess this podcast has been. And we'll certainly come back into these channels because we're going to leave them open and tell you what we're doing next when we arrive to that conclusion. We're still noodling some things. Um, So that's the way we'll let you know. Like, how will we know where you end up? Well, we'll let you know. We'll come back into the Ashland social media uh, and we'll let you know where we are. And we'll bring you along on that journey. Um, And those of us who've been listening to us, we appreciate you being with us since the very beginning uh, in other countries outside the United States. Um, and thank you for being here. We're not going away. We're, no one's expiring. <laughs> uh, but we are going to take Ashlyn into like the Lord of the Rings thing where they just sort of like go into the mystery and then go into the myth. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do you guys have any like wishes for people before we get on out of here? I'll, I'll give you guys the last word. Well, I just wanted to say that uh, specifically about this podcast, I mean, the last two years have been amazing talking about all these different things and getting to know each other and just experiencing not only new media and content, but also just experiencing the world and what's happening in it. Um, but yeah, it's been really fun and I'm really excited to see what goes next, what comes next. But for our listeners, um, I think for 2021, I still think that the main priority should be you and taking care of you because I mean like I said we are living through a traumatic event and you know I know the winter especially is hard for people mentally um so reach out to those resources reach out to a friend if you need help um but you know there are better days on the horizon um and we will get through this so but thank you for everyone who's been listening for ever since this podcast started um it's been really great to be able to um i don't know just like be the background in your life i guess so be the background in your commutes and your walks and your maybe sometimes bath time um (laughs) but yeah 
I'm sorry. Our dog was like <laughs> about to bark and I'm like trying not to throw things at him. I did listen to you. Ian, <laughs> take us on out of here. Um, well, yeah, thank you all for listening. It's been fun. And it's been fun um, mixing this stuff. Um, we like technically we had to we had to go through a lot to get it done, and we've we've had some really cool workarounds. I think on the audio end, um, you know, I learned quite a bit. So um, other than that, everyone have a, a great twenty twenty one. Um, be safe and be smart, and we will try to be safe and smart, and hopefully. Um, one day we'll all be able to like hang out together and crack a yeah. beer or something. <laughs> if you don't drink, we'll have some something else. Water. All right. Drink water. Yeah. All right. I guess that's it. That's it. All right. We love you guys. Bye. <laughs>